The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. All right. Uh, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we'll tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by marketers who've built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. Joining us is Dave Fink, who's the founder and CEO of Posty, which is a marketing technology that's transformed direct mail by enabling it to perform like a digital channel. In doing so, Posty has unleashed the medium's potential and locked growth for its advertisers, delivering an average campaign return on ad spend of 1,382%. Yesterday, Dave and I talked about how they helped Buca de Beppo uh, sing happy birthday 20,000 times. We talked a ton about I mean, we were in the weeds on some shit with some direct mail, which was great. I think, again, we're, we're dusting off the old direct mail playbook because it is freaking back. Okay, let's get into how MeUndies exposed the power of its CRM, a brand I know people have heard about. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Dave Fink, the founder and CEO of Posty. Hi, brother. Well, uh, <laughs> we went off on a bunch of tangents yesterday, which is good. Let's get into MeUndies right away. I want to hear about how they've really leveraged their CRM how other people are not leveraging their CM enough and how they could and should be doing it today. Yeah, for sure. Well, like many, many brands over the, the past decade or so, we've we've all kind of become heavily reliant on, on email as our primary communication method with with our our customers and prospects. And and it, and that's not like there's no reason it shouldn't be, right? It's practically a free channel. Um, you know, once you pay for the technology, there's no cost really to deliver mail. And when it works, it's a thing of beauty. It, it, it's a data-driven channel, allows us to run segmentation, allows us to do all of our A-B and multi-creative testing. And it's a tremendous, you know, ter- tremendously powerful tool. Challenge, as you mentioned yesterday, is that it, that secret's out of the bag. And all of your listeners know what an amazing channel it is. And what that means is that as consumers are getting more and more email, it, it's as, as a marketer myself, I feel bad um, unsubscribing, but I feel like it's a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, it's really important for brands to spend time thinking about what are other ways to engage customers. They've worked so hard to drive brand awareness. They've they've worked even harder to try and get individuals to join their CRM, to join an email list, to buy a product and and therefore, you know, be part of their, their brand community. And... You talked again about a, a ton about this. Like it's, it is way more easier and more profitable to build your relationship with your existing customers, drive your average order values up, build brand loyalty, drive increase or tighter intervals between purchases, get individual purchasers to be gift givers of your products, and, and drive a K factor. 
And so it's, it's, you know, what else is out there? And I know we've, we've all played with SMS. Big Jury may still be out a little bit on that channel as far as how invasive it, it, how invasive it feels and how welcomed it is. But, but direct mail gives you all the same capabilities that email does. You can activate all of your audiences through direct mail. You can run all of the same segmentation. You can, it is, you know, it is just as measurable. You can run unique creatives, unique offers, unique messages to different um, segments. And the brands that are getting the biggest value out of this are going into direct mail, not thinking about this idea of like, let's just send, touch everybody with the same message. But they're thinking in terms of how do we get more familiar with our CRM? How do we do cluster analysis? How do we think about unique reasons why different groups of customers or different groups of prospects chose to engage with our brand? And then what are the channels that we can that we can communicate with them through to try and drive to try and drive revenue generating actions? And direct mail is is not only capable, but the magnitudes with which conversions are generated through direct mail are exponentially higher than they are through email. Again, not suggesting that you shouldn't be engaging in email. You should, but you know your open rates are dropping. You know your engagement rates, your click-through rates, and your conversion rates are dropping just because of how crowded it is. And direct mail opens up a whole new lifeblood. What do you think one of the biggest... I agree with you on email and everything you said. And I do think, again, we've beat a dead horse a little bit, but... (laughs) Okay, so the opportunity in direct mail, we know that. What should... like? What are some maybe attributes of a CRM that are overlooked? Is it birthdays or like what should people be cross-referencing in their CRM? What did MeUndies unlock? Like help us break down maybe some missed opportunities in CRM. So the two that I would focus on out of the gates are one, recognizing that not every record in your CRM is the same. They're not there. They didn't respond to the same ad. They didn't hear about your brand in the same way. They don't behave the same way. They don't have the same demographics. Your CRM is made up of a number of different segments of consumers. And the more that you kind of dig deep and think about how you can segment or cluster and understand the unique qualities that make different groupings of individuals in your CRM similar to themselves and unique from other groups the more that you can start thinking creatively about how to engage those individuals uniquely. Too often, I think we see brands that, that step in and, and they just think about it as, this is my CRM, as it's, it's one thing. And they, they're too homogeneous in the messaging or the strategy or the tactic or the frequency with which they try and engage that, that, that their CRM. The minute that they start kind of peeling back the layers, leveraging their first party data and, and, you know, analytics to understand what make up those unique qualities, then they can start putting strategies against each of those segments that are unique to that segment. And all of a sudden, rapidly accelerating the return that they're getting from their investment, whether it's through email and certainly through direct mail, which has a higher cost. So that that's piece one. Piece two is you you nailed it, which is understanding you know time based marketing, sequential marketing, trigger or programmatic based marketing. So the idea to be able to leverage a channel like direct mail to not just send the right message to the right person, but to do it at the right time. So understanding why collecting first party behavioral data, why they engaged with an email or didn't engage with an email, what the, the date of their last purchase is, how frequently they're purchasing, what categories they're purchasing from at different times of year, and then layering in what we call trigger-based strategies in order to respond as immediately as possible to that specific activity. So time-based data, 
and kind of unique qualities within your CRM that differentiate different segments. Those two Mm -hmm. things are incredibly powerful. Okay. I love what you just talked about, especially the time-based marketing and the triggers at which brands should be engaged with customers. I love a while ago how Facebook was one of the first platforms that I had seen really divvy up different audience groups that were different from how I've typically seen it done, where they had different levels of tribes. And I want to say they were like 18 and they had different names for them and shit. I thought that was really cool because we're just so used to 2554, female, male, certain income levels, age demographics, but really going a little bit deeper into different kind of customer profiles. And um, even in, in the ad campaign world, when we're developing campaign platforms, we typically, you know, kind of have these three groups and we kind of have some personas around the groups and you kind of make some assumptions, but to go deeper when you have existing customers um, and understanding the, the different demographics, just because somebody's the same age and same birthday month doesn't, doesn't mean a whole lot. And again, I'm going to go back to the time-based thing. I couldn't agree more. And I think this is why you've seen a trend of Fortune 500 brands. If, if you go to all the marketing conferences, the, uh, you hear all these uh, sophisticated trained marketers talk about an always-on strategy. And that's the new trend is, um, you go, again, you go to these, these things will be like always on North Star, always on North Star, always on North Star. And the reason they're always on is because there's so many different time based trigger opportunities in which a new or existing customer starts their customer journey. But, you know, if you're not a Fortune 500 brand, like I had the CMR Rocket Mortgage on uh, a couple of weeks ago, you can't afford an always on. So you, the time based, piece to triggering purchase uh, journey is highly effective and important. I think that I love how you you talked about that. It sounds like direct mail could be like one of the key missed opportunities for a lot of time-based marketing if, if you're structuring your CRM right. So I think people out there, if you're thinking about this, if there's been discussions of direct mail, definitely I would reach out to Dave and his team and I'm sure they can have a great consultative approach to some of those those triggers. Okay, final thoughts. We got to wrap up, but what else would you leave us with uh, as uh, before we jet out? That's a <laughs> loaded yeah, I know. Loaded, loaded question. Look, I, I think the, the key is just uh, I think always being a student of the game, right? I, mm-hmm. I can tell by the way that you talk that you're a student of the game and you're also a teacher and technology. And consumer behavior is moving so fast that, I mean, it's anxiety provoking for brand and marketers, a CEO. So you're not going to know everything. You're not going to be an expert in every single channel. You need to surround yourself with smart people. You need to bring teams on board. But I think the key is to, to constantly open your eyes to what is catching your attention as a consumer and to take a moment to ask yourself, why did that catch my attention? And you, you brought up the, you know, with, with regards to direct mail as, you know, a, kind of as, as you're evaluating whether it's a channel that's worth spending, you know, budget or time or exploration for your business, your brand, your product, your service, you know, start paying attention to how you're engaging and responding to good and bad and, and appropriate and inappropriate ads through your mailbox. And if you start recognizing kind of the emotional reaction, the attention that you're giving that ad over maybe a really quick gift. You know, Instagram, you know, feed ad, then maybe the channel's right for you. And if it is, we'd certainly love to talk to you. I love it. Uh, we'll leave you all with that. I close up. I don't think I need to recap anything Dave said because I think it was uh, spot on. 
But yeah, I love what you said about being a student of the game. And thank you for saying that. I do feel that I, we are always learning in this business and things are changing so fast. Um, and it is really overwhelming, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to create this podcast because I want a safe space where on your way to freaking work or in the steam room, you can just get a little better, right? We can just learn a little bit more by having smart people on that, that know certain things in this business because it is overwhelming. We are going to make mistakes. You can't do everything. Everybody's a freaking marketing expert. It's annoying. So we're constantly questioned by everything. I mean, we're questioned more as marketers than lawyers or doctors or any other freaking profession for whatever reason, because everyone thinks they're an expert and they're not. And so this is a safe space to continue learning, to continue testing things, to to finding insights from other people. So we really just need the confidence sometimes to tell people to shut the hell up and let us do our freaking job. And it's going to work sometimes. Sometimes it's not. You can't have perfection at all times in, in the marketing business. So if you're looking at the direct mail side, Dave sounds like the freaking expert to me, which is why I wanted to have him on. I thought it was interesting. But until then, Ben Shapiro, you're the best. Thanks for making us the number one business podcast on Apple. You're a freaking genius. Anybody that's looking at the podcast business, Ben's the guy. I failed miserably at my first podcast until I met someone that knew what they were doing. Every freaking channel is so unique. Direct mail is different from podcast and Instagram's different than Pinterest and Reddit's different than Twitter. Like they're all different. And there's all these experts out there that understand these channels. Like we need to have them on. We need to study them. It's like the hot to crazy scale, right? Like I w- this is a unicorn. They're 10 hot uh, and a 10 cool. Like we need to capture them, put them on this podcast and study them so we can get better. I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but thank you so much to Dave, founder and CEO for Posty for joining us. Looks like we're going to do a, a third quick one on deconstructing the Dollar Shave Club's virtual ascent. So I, I got a chance to meet Michael Dubin on the How I Built This Podcast in LA. It was one of the livest shows. Fastest unicorn company ever, Michael Dubin. I actually knew some people that worked at Dollar Shave Club. They did not like working there, by the way. But let's uh, let's talk about Dollar Shave Club in part three of this interview, and then we'll wrap up. So we got one more for you, a little bonus round, Dollar Shave Club. So coming up next. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to rebrandpod.com. We'll have summaries and episodes and contact information. You can always subscribe to our newsletter. And if you have a great marketing campaign or you're doing some cool marketing shit, we want to hear about it. So apply to be a guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast. We went from getting like a couple things a week. We're getting like 20, 30 a week. So we're going to have only the best of the best on. So if you think you're the best, let's let's see it. We want to have you on. And that's we're not trying to be braggy or whatever, but um, we just want to have great people on doing cool shit in the marketing industry so we can learn from each other. And our goal here is only to create value, only to add value to marketers out there because we're not learning in traditional school ways anymore. The four Ps or five Ps or other shit, that, that's done. We're, we're doing real life marketing uh, here. One more humble brag, big thanks to our producer, Benjamin Shapiro, and I hear everything. This last week, we were just voted the number one business podcast on Apple Podcast. Number one, which is insane. We thought we would crack top 25 at some point. 
but to be number one is incredible. So thank you to those who are listening and promoting us and talking about us. It's weird as a creative to put something out there and not know if it is going to add value to people's lives or people are going to learn and to see that it is and the people have spoken. It's freaking awesome. Number one marketing podcast in the US and we were the number one business podcast. That won't last. Uh, I'm pretty sure we just had the Rocket Mortgage CMO on. We had a bunch of other breaks and you know, our SEO is working. So we're getting a lot of lucky bounces, but we'll freaking take it. So thank you to everybody. You can find us on all the social channels, obviously at Rebrand Pod. We're just building that up. Not a lot of people are following there. So it might be easier to follow my personal at Scott Harkey on Instagram, on, on TikTok and all the shit. Twitter, Sharky AZ. So please follow me. Reach out if you want to get connected. I, I mean, this is a community of marketers. So we want to continue that going. And again, if you haven't subscribed and you want that marketing brilliance every week, we got it. We come, we come to you every day during the work week. So Monday through Friday, there's a new podcast every freaking day. So we want to be in that little loyalty channel where maybe uh, how I built this and maybe, you know, the, the daily and then it's uh, at rebrand and that those those are the podcasts you want to see right in your phone and, and it's there. Okay, till next time, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. Thanks everybody for all the support. Appreciate y'all.